0: Welcome to Two Guys Garage podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird, I am Willie B, and man, oh man, fired up today. All right, most people right now are stuck at home. And you're stuck at home looking at that hot rod, muscle car, street rod, man, thinking I sure would like to take it to A, B, and C. And today is how do you get it to A, B, and C? Some of us have the luxury of having a trailer, some open trailers, some closed trailers. But if you're moving something cross-country, if you pick up something at an auction, if you see something that you got to have on some website like Race and Junk or this, that, the other, bring a trailer, man, you only have one company you need to call, should call, Right? And that is our boy who we're going to have on in just a minute, Joe, from Pilot Transport. I've used him, and I know you have. You're the one that gave me the phone number, bird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right, man. There are, like you said, a lot of ways to move a car, right? And, uh, I mean, you've got a ton. You've got, I don't know, 30, 40 sitting in your property, man. you got yourself a flatbed. you got, you got an enclosed trailer, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I got me a little 20-foot enclosed, perfect for getting me to the track, perfect for picking up you know, vehicles here and there. But yeah, man, if I got to get my ride out to Las Vegas for a SEMA, right? If I got to get it down to, you know, our show we filmed down in Florida, man, that's a long haul, man. Yes, uh, it is. You know, there is nobody, like you said, better to handle these situations, right? Like pilot transport, man. These guys are the professionals, right? They started with with the OE, the big three, right? Moving all these prototype cars around, all around the country, getting them to or from, all around the world, testing, development, shows, you name it. And, uh, you know, they've opened up this expertise to us. These guys are everywhere, everywhere. Like,
0: And he's a buddy, so we get to pick his brain on do's and don'ts. Uh, the big whoops in his career. Uh, we could talk some, you know, issues we've had. Cause you know, I, I do have a little redneck in me. I have strapped something on a tow dolly before, not been afraid to tow it, and end up paying the price. So yes, <laughs> indeed, man, there are there are professional ways to get your car to and from, and then there's the other ways to get your car to and from. And uh, you know, your your biggest teacher is your last mistake, and typically those mistakes lead you to places like Pilot Transport.
1: Yeah, no, I, I have definitely been in that camp, man. <laughs> I've, you know, either been in a rush, don't have the right gear, the right setup, or, you know, hey, I don't know what happened, man. It was good when I left and then I showed up yeah.
0: and not so good, <laughs> man, you know? Like, uh, yeah, no doubt. A few of those, man, a few of those for sure. One of the saddest days of my life, um, I, you know, I sold my, my gorgeous 1970 Hemi Dodge Charger to start my little girls' college fund, and uh to see that thing get loaded up on a on a big truck man was ah it was so sad but I will tell you I love the fact they handle it with care with attention to detail with like you know these are the guys that well we'll get the white glove treatment like they'll treat your car better than you treat your car <laughs> you know it's uh yeah. it is one of yeah. those things man you you know how you used to go to you know your auto parts places or get your car back from the shop and it would have like paper that they laid down on the floor mat or over the seat and on a steering wheel and you'd be like wow they hit with some air freshener and you know it's just like wow they really did this up just kind of you know kind of stuff you get uh from Pilot they you know i'm surprised they don't leave the leave the little andy's mint on the uh on the console or something right there on the seat when you're you know when you get your car it's like you didn't get yours <laughs> oh. you probably just sat on it
1: it's probably all smashed into the seat by yeah, now yeah. melted in there you are know are you
0: sure that's chocolate
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes they put them up on the dash kind of like uh tommy tommy boy all right right right, right yeah <laughs> skittles go down in the
0: yeah man so it, they really are uh It's one of those things that if you want your car moved to and from in a way that is going to be righteous, right, and protect your ride, because let's be honest, you get a car that you're ready to drop it a SEMA, and man, you are so particular about it. You are so like, you put so much time, sweat, equity you know you've gotten fights with your significant other maybe lost a th- uh, you know three or four significant others because of that ride but that car is always there and last thing you want to do is beat it up get to the show where everybody's gonna see it where it gets revealed where you show off all your hard work and last thing you want is want to get something thumped in route yeah no doubt
1: no doubt now do you have any horror stories towing horror stories willie you've moved well, so I many mean, cars in your life man
0: yeah, I've got a few. None none beat the fact that I had a car come off a trailer and kill me. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like that pretty much. Yeah, when t- in 2005, I, I suffocated under a car. Um, it came off a trailer. I was behind it, putting the ramps in, but I didn't fasten the car down. I, was, I mean, I was coated. I was out. They said, you know, Flight for Life was landed <laughs> in the yard. And I, I was literally, they hit me with paddles to resuscitate me. It was uh, one of the craziest, most unreal experiences of my life. but. That, you know, that taught me you should do a couple things any and every time you strap down a car. Um, One, I had the J hook, and I didn't have it over the frame. I had the little J part just right on the lip of the frame. So it wasn't over the material. It was right on the material. And the force of the car was, was was it was, my driveway's a big hill. The force of the car had made it taut. Well, then I slid the ramps in from behind, and I turned to help myself get off the ground, and I got hit by the car coming off the trailer, and it literally comes off the trailer, pins me underneath it, right underneath the, the rear bumper gas tank of it, and I suffocated to death. It took me a few minutes, but yeah, man. So who found you? Um, I, I had a buddy come down my driveway, ask where I was at. He comes to the side to my, my ex-wife at the time, or now and she said he's loading up a car and he's like the car is off the trailer and uh they come out and they see me underneath it and by that time i'm like because uh, 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 i couldn't i couldn't get a full gasp gasp of air because my lungs yeah. so i had a what's called a costal chondral separation right part of the rib cage separates from the sternum and rolls over so my lungs were on top of each other and compacted they couldn't fill up with air and i just i was under there for you know God, I, I don't know how long. They said I was coated for about four minutes. And they hit me with paddles the third time. They brought me around and took me to a trauma center. And it, yeah, it was one of the. That's why it says unbreakable t- tattoo down the side of my rib cage with that date on it. It's, uh, yeah, I, I literally died, was coated. All because I didn't put a strap on a car, right?
1: <laughs> Man. <Yeah. laughs> wow, talk about. You know that's about the worst experience other than you know you hurting someone else (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) you know then
1: you got the guilt and everything else but I mean that is about as as bad as you can get and that shows you right the importance of I mean you're a hauling of three four thousand I mean even bigger vehicles I mean that's a lot of weight you know oh yeah riding behind you plus the weight of your trailer I mean you got to get that weight on the tongue just right and distributed you got to get it strapped down just right Wow. Yeah, man. Man, all right. Oh, I am glad you're here. I mean, <laughs> you know, joking aside, that does yeah. explain a lot of things about you, Willie, but, I mean, <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. <laughs> Thankfully, you're here.
0: We'll have our boy. I'm sure he's got worse stories than that. Uh, do's and don'ts, rights and wrongs, and the man behind the comedy of Pilot Transport. we got a quick break now. Back at it. It's the Two Guys rods podcast with Kevin Bird and the dead Willie B. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have the man Joe Parks from Pilot Transport. Hey, Joe, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today, man. And I got to tell you, bro, you're in the business where you have to see some of the coolest, most unreal rides on earth, man. You're going to put your hands. You're going to lay your eyes on just some of the highest end builds in in the world.
2: You know, we do. Um, we get to see everything. Um some of them are a little better than others. Others, obviously, uh, but we we get to see all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, we treat them all the same, though. Uh, that's the idea of it. We try not to look at the price yeah. tags and, and what it is. Uh, treat them treat them like you own
1: them. Yeah, because each owner, right? That's gold, man. You could have <laughs> your nothing of a ride, but it means everything to you, right? It's got your memories in it, or it's your dream, or whatever you know. And it could be a what a five thousand, ten thousand dollar car, and then you could have on the other end. I don't know. Do you guys? move Bugattis for somebody somewhere, right? Do you move, you know, Rolls Royce or, you know, anything uh, completely exotic or irreplaceable, number, you know, one of five in the world? I mean, what what kind of cars, you know, have you guys moved over time? Because you go to auctions, you go to events, you guys are huge at SEMA. I mean, you show up to any one of these locales and you can just see typically a fleet of pilot trucks there, right? Loading and unloading some pretty high dollar, nice stuff.
2: Yeah, you're right. We get to see a lot of cool stuff. I remember one of the first uh, Bugatti Veyrons was, was in the country. We uh, we get to haul that thing around for a couple of months, going to different shows. We were storing it. Uh, we took that thing everywhere. Um, back when I don't think anybody really knew what the car was. So we've done everything in between, um, you know, from a Ford Escort to, to that Veyron. Uh, so, yeah, we get to see all kinds of cool stuff. I know last fall where I saw you guys, we were taking out the Young Guns cars and the SEMA some of those young builders out there uh, with all their cool stuff. And a lot of them were their first builds. And some of those kids were really cool with their, with their good stuff. Yeah,
0: man. It's got to be something else to watch new talent come into it, to see some of the crazy, you know, just mind-blowing builds that you get to put your hands on and load up. You know, my my question is, Joe. Well, how did you get into trucking, man? Because you know, I'm sure at 15 or 14 or whatever, you didn't know, go up to the kitchen table one morning with breakfast, eating morning cinnamon rolls, and tell your mom, "I'm going to own me a fleet of trucks and haul cars." <laughs> so, how, how how did how did it morph into becoming like you know a business for you and something that y- you saw a hole in the market or something that needed to be done and uh, the that kind of what you're calling?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was. It wasn't really as glamorous as that. I just probably uh, in the recession in the 90s, I needed a job. And uh, it was in construction at the time. And uh, it was a a good fit. And I've been in it ever since. I started in pilot almost 20 years ago. And when I was doing it originally, it was on the new car side. And we got over in pilot and with all the cool stuff. And it just kind of flowed from there. Um, We started off doing the engineering stuff saw a need for the uh, the classic cars and a lot of the shows, and, and that's the stuff that I really like doing.
1: What's the most challenging part? Because you've got to deal with, you know, some of these vehicles are so expensive. <laughs>
0: Owners, bro. Owners. Yeah,
1: <laughs> oh, I was going to say, right, between, you know, the vehicles themselves where you have a certain amount of, I don't know, anxiety, like, man, every move I make, right, because you're squeezing in a tight little truck. You know what it's like in an enclosed trailer to to move around. You got them stacked on top of each other end to end. You don't know these vehicles, right, where they got quirks. You know, is it got kind of a funky clutch to try to get it up, you know, the ramp or something. And then you got the owner on the other side, you know, maybe not breathing down your neck, but I'm sure some of them are just huffing and puffing right behind you, you know, like, watching you. You got to deal with them. Uh, I'm sure you got uh, locations where they they won't let you get the truck in where you need to get it to unload and load. I mean, what are some of the hard parts and challenges that you guys have to face?
2: Yeah, for sure. Like you said, a lot of times it, it's dealing with the owners. Um, I try to tell everybody, you know, let, let our guys do the job. Uh, give, them, give them some space. They've been there. They've done it. Uh, getting in some of these neighborhoods and these tight spots where we go to is, is difficult enough. And then Showing up and then having somebody breathe down your back, it makes it makes a tough job even tougher. Uh, so, these guys, they handle it well, but if you leave it alone, it'll go a lot smoother. <laughs>
0: so
2: they know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, they do, man. H- how many trucks, you know, you started with how many and how many do you have now? Because I know you guys are always moving and always got a lot of inventory. It seems like I- as many as I see, you know, at different shows and whatnot, you got a fleet of
2: them. Yeah, we're running at about 130 right now. Damn
1: wow full semi trucks 130 that's a lot of rigs man
2: damn And how many
1: can you get on a on a truck four five
2: we call them six car haulers but as you know everything is getting bigger these cars aren't getting lighter they're not getting smaller um but you know suvs and a lot of these crossovers depending on the size of them i would say we're probably down to about a five-car load and one of those hard siding clothes
1: all right now Willie and I have gone through shipping cars and moving cars in every fashion, right? Like we talked about before the break, whether it's doing it ourselves, um, you know, open, uh, you know, and doing the pilot route. Now, for everybody else, like, what can they expect? So they're on eBay. They buy something across the country. They've got to get it to themselves or they want to go to some event for the first time. and They've really never done the transport thing. What are some of the things to think about, right? Because you have a giant rig. Right. So just pulling up to your driveway in some little dirt road and some little, you know, backwoods neighborhood or whatever might be kind of tricky. I mean, what are the things that they want to do? What kind of things they want to prep in their vehicle or communicate to you or or whatnot?
2: Yeah. I, you know, I always try to tell the, the, the client, work it out with the driver. A lot of times we can't get down the street. You know, sometimes you know they'll say, yeah, we get we get trucks down here all the time, but not as big as ours. So we try to tell everybody kind of meet at the corner grocery store or something like that. Give us some room. Let's get the car on. And uh, it it makes it a whole lot easier than than trying to go down into a subdivision with a 75-foot-long truck.
0: Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, man. That's for sure. Hey – Hey, I got to drive my bad... Well, you've seen my Titan before, my 1970 Dodge Charger 542, tons of nitrous. It's just a insanely laser sharp car. When uh, they came to pick that car up, we had it on the show several years back to do a dyno hit on it. It was fun because I got to drive it all the way to town to load it up. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't you come here because I live a couple miles back on a dirt road. It's ugly. I'm like, this car needs to stretch its legs. I'll bring it to you. So <laughs> I met him at, I literally met him at the Walmart parking lot. It's like, I got you bro, I'll be there in no time flat. So you know, you could hear me coming through the parking lot. Ah, you know, and it's uh, it is pretty cool when you see that car and know you're gonna get you know, know it's just well taken care of. Because I'm sure Joe, you probably you probably pulled up on cars that I don't know, smell like teen spirit, look like a midlife crisis, and you gotta wonder why that guy spent you know a dime, on it, let alone thousands and thousands. So. You know but you like you said you treat them all the same man
2: yeah it's somebody's baby right yeah yeah for sure you know the other thing we see too is you know everybody if they're going cross country they, they try and load it up with everything you know they're, they're they put half their house in it and they get in there and the, you know the stuff kind of moves and uh, going down the road and stuff shifts so we don't, that's the other thing we try to tell everybody not to not to put your all your trophies in your car or a bag of books or something
1: yeah no that's good advice now Anything else as far as, like, amount of fuel in the tank? You know, a lot of times you go to an event and they don't want full tanks of gas sometimes or or other little tips like that for people that are moving stuff cross-country, going to an event or whatnot.
2: Yeah, for sure. It doesn't matter to us. I mean, the the gas tank can be full just, you know, as long as there's enough in there to keep it running. But a lot of times if you go to the convention halls and stuff like that where it's, it's going to a big show and it's indoor, those guys will want them the gas drain, especially like it's FEMA, right? It's gotta be below an eighth of a tank. So We ask for you to know, you know leave a little bit of gas in there so we can drive it on and off the truck. Right,
0: right. Now my question is is twofold. There's I'm sure when you're first getting into this, um in this industry, you've heard nightmares, right? There's been, you know, some unfortunate incidents that happened just you know in in around my hometown where people hauling their car and you know not for you know there's a guy here matter of fact that crashed a really really unbelievably nice nice car he was bringing it home on the trailer somebody did not disconnect the battery and somehow something shorted out sparked the fire he's rolling down the road and he's got people honking beside him hey man there's flames coming out the back of your trailer so he pulls over and the whole thing is just engulfed in flames like you got to hear some nightmare stories like that what's the worst one
2: (sighs) Man, we get all sorts of weird ones. You know, a lot of times picking up at the auctions and, you know, if somebody will buy a car, you know, maybe had a couple of cocktails too many and, you know, they bought that uh, 300 that they thought they wanted when they were 16 and they get it and it don't run right and, you know, it's backfiring. And uh, we've had a couple of them catch on fire as we're trying to start them up. Uh, but, yeah, we get all kinds of stuff.
1: Now, have you ever just rolled up to pick up a customer car, vehicle, whatever, and you're just, no. No, we we. I'm not touching that. You know, maybe it's a monster truck. You're like, that's not fitting in here. Maybe it's got fluids just draining out everywhere, or it's got no brakes, or just something that's either
0: crazy or unsafe. She's so ugly, you won't take her to prom. Yeah. You ever pull it up on your date, and she's so <laughs> ugly,
2: you refuse to take her to prom, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> I guess ugly is one thing, but dangerous is another. I mean, fluids is a is a is a is a bummer, especially if it's up on top. So we try to put those on the on the lower deck. Uh, a couple things we don't like to do: cars with no brakes. They're dangerous for everybody because there's no good way to load it. You got to be able to stop it safely. Um, I know it's not going very far, very fast inside the trailer, but the last thing we want to do is get our guys it.
1: Well, yeah, you got your guys. You got all the other vehicles that are in there. You, you might have a Bugatti sitting right in front of you. So, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
1: you know, who wants to launch, you know, the turd behind <laughs> you into the one in front of you, you know?
2: Right. Some, some DOT three dripping on the Veyron,
0: right? Right, right. Yeah, no doubt. You got some Mercury up there leaking all over the Bugatti. Uh, all right, well, look, we got a quick break now, man. We're going to come back more with Pilot Transport. If you need to get to and from here's the right way to do it trust us on this he's got all the clues and tips and we got some questions about that all right so quick break we're back with it man it's the two guys garage podcast with kevin bird and willie b it's the two guys garage podcast he is kevin bird i am willie b and we have joe parks from pilot transport and talking you know all things you need to know about moving your car it's all about tongue weight these days y'all it's all about tongue weight. <laughs> uh, one of the biggest mistakes probably people make is uh, is not you know not centering the weight over top of the wheels when they load up cars. You ever see anybody load their car and the heaviest part they'll load it backwards or something? Oh yeah, right. And the engine is hanging well over the the end of the trailer. And every time the truck hits a bump, man, the trailer just wants to fight him, pitch him every which way but loose. It's crazy. Oh,
1: I, I remember when I was. In college we were toting a, a little little race car in a small trailer and uh man i didn't load it but uh, i was in the vehicle that was pulling it not driving and all of a sudden you know that back end is just swinging back and forth and you know it doesn't digress it just keeps getting worse and worse so it's yeah. everything to pull over and damn if we didn't start moving weight to the front real quick you know toolboxes right, and how far can we shimmy this thing up because Yeah, if you got way too far back, man, that thing's going to fishtail, and it'll throw you right off the road. So, get
0: It will pitch a car. It'll pitch a truck sideways if you sit there and let it whip. It builds up energy, and next thing you know, man, you are out of control. I've seen it so many times, and it's common sense things like that that I think some some people forget when they're loading a car. Maybe they're just in a hurry. They haven't done it before. But, Joe, you have to see – you know, you have to, being in this, see a lot of these instances where – you know, it's like man, you you really should have done A, B, or C.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I was when you first started talking about the J hook. That was the other thing too is we don't even use those things anymore. We we like using the nylon straps uh, with, with the r- r- rubber cleats on it. Um, it's just a lot safer way yeah. to go uh, over the wheel strap is what you want to do instead of you know hanging it onto a, a brake line or something like that because we see all kinds of goofy stuff where they're just hanging it on anything they see um yeah we, we see all sorts
1: of stuff what are your top you know you guys have a system right and that, that's what's awesome your your drivers are trained they know what they're doing they've got all the right equipment and there's no reason why we shouldn't either right i mean buying a set of straps and all that doesn't cost a lot of money at all getting your d rings set up on your trailer um yeah. but it's so easy you know you're in a situation you're like well i'm i'm here and here's the vehicle and i got to get it somewhere else and this is what i got so it's you know, it's pretty easy for people to kind of just skip along. But, you know, what are the top, you know, outside of your process, what are the top places that you like to try to grab a vehicle when you're strapping them down?
2: Well, you always want to go over the wheels first. If, if any way possible, obviously, if you're running slicks or something like that, that makes it a little, little more challenging. But if, if you're running street tires, just use an over-the-wheel strap with, it, with a good rubber cleat. Put it over the tire. You know, like you said, strap it down. I like e track. But if you're going to use D-rings or something like that, that's cool. But try to keep it tight to the wheel, um, almost like a guitar string. It almost has a little bit of a twang to it when it's, when it's on the ring. Not too tight, not too loose, obviously, because it'll always just fall off. Uh, but we always see a lot of guys who try to over-tighten it. And uh, you know all it's going to do is rip that D-ring out or that E-track right out of the trailer. And there goes your car. Yeah, man.
0: That's an ugly scenario, too. You know what I feel like should be outlawed? Toe dollies, bro. Toe dollies. I've, got one of, <laughs> I've had nightmares with one of those. I owned one of those for a while. I gave it away. That's how much I hated the dumb thing. Um, but when I lived when I lived in North Carolina, I towed a 71 Dodge Charger down there on a toe dolly because it's all I had and all I could afford. And let me tell you, if you don't know, those cars, those toe dollies, big cars, big older cars, they don't like to fit in there, so if you make a hard turn, the side of the toe dolly just digs in your front fender Ooh. right above the emblem. I mean, it will just eat it apart on both sides. So yeah, man, I uh, toe dollies. I feel like should be outlawed. They're for, you know, they're like the dude with a fork in a world of soup. <laughs> it's like they're, they're useless.
2: <laughs> they're gonna start, you know, are gonna start bucking or you know, start whipping side to side too if you're going too fast
0: yeah man they're awful i mean it's a cheap resolve to a, a a kind of a bad situation or problem but i never trust those in any any kind of distance and for whatever reason i see them around man i'm just like you are sketchy as hell driving anything with a toe dolly on it
1: I'm like, yeah a couple things you know on my end that um as much as i think this thing is strapped down and it is you know dead nuts it's not moving it's not going anywhere if i got a long enough trip man I'm gonna stop and and double check it again. You know, like it just seems like every now and then, 99 out of 100 times, oh, yeah. boy, that sucker is just tight when I get there. And you know, there's been one or two times where I get to my location, I'm like, how did this get kind of loose? You know, and same thing with tire pressures. Um, you know, I've, yeah. I've you know lost a couple tires over the years, whether it's on boats or or uh, car trailers or whatever. And and uh, you know, one of the things that I found not too long ago was. Um, you know, you check your tire pressures and they're great. Well, sometimes on these like steel rims, right? These cheaper steel rims over time, you know, they'll get a little rust pinhole and they'll leak a little bit of air out, right? So you check your tires, everything looks great. And you go on a 500 mile run. And next thing you know, after a couple hours, that tire gets a little bit flat, it runs a little bit hotter. Next thing you know, poof, you've lost the tire. So checking tire pressures way more than you think double checking your straps at least once you know somewhere down the road those are big ones you know
2: yeah what we found is if the straps are going to come loose it's usually right away so what we like to do is check those straps within the first couple of miles and then you know maybe another hundred miles out but usually when they're going to get loose it's going to be right away yeah
1: because like i said it's just some joggle like you know the weight's moved around a little bit uh you know something's happened and Like I said, uh, you know, you guys are going right on the tire, but, you know, a lot of folks, they go off axles or suspension components or something else, and and who knows, right? Something slips a little bit to the side, you know, gets a little
0: slack in it. Yeah, you get a couple miles down the road, good time to check it. Or another killer, man, is you said air pressure. There was a time where, you know, I uh, was raising just a big relief effort for, I think, the hurricane. It wasn't, I think it was Harvey that hit Texas, and I live in Denver, And so I decided I wanted to take a load of just supplies. And it was generators, shop vacs, cleanup equipment, brooms, and all that stuff. And so a bunch of listeners wanted to help out. Well, next thing I know, there's five or six of us trucks loaded down. They didn't have any water, like none. So people started bringing water. Well, water's ungodly heavy. So we had all these trailers well overloaded i mean i mean we were running so far over the weight we couldn't get out of colorado before every single trailer but mine had lost at least uh you know a tire if not Tires and rims, and just shearing off everything. And you know, it going in a cornfield, you know, somewhere south of here, it took us a day and a half to get to Texas because we were so overloaded. So, always watch the weight on what you're towing compared to what your axles and tires can handle because those tires get heated up, man. And we left the radio station in the evening at night and we were, man, we were looking for tires in cornfields. We were calling friends. There's a group of people here called Rocky Mountain. D- Diesel crew, we had some of those guys run relief for us and come down, but we got all six. It would ended up being like eight trucks and trailers down for Harvey relief, and you know just took them a ton of supplies. But my God. I spent thousands of dollars in trailer tires that trip. (laughs) It's like it took me a year and a half to pay it off because we blew them all up. And I was like, well, this is on me, so I'm getting it. And it was just brutal for all of us. Like another blown tire, 180 miles, another blown tire. It's like, get this water off of here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, tires can be one of those things that never gives you a hard time. Uh, Like it's just a thing I don't even think about. And then all of a sudden, bam hits you upside the head right takes your legs right out from under you yeah man and it can get you in the worst place at the worst time you know so
0: i gotta ask you Joe, have you ever got to you know you move all these cars you're bound to know some of these high maintenance you know uh builders and teams and people have you ever got to take anything on a you know celebratory lap have you ever got to you know, do a, a, I don't know, itchy little burnout. Because on the show, you know, we do a lot of repairs and fixing on the show. And every time, man, I'm like, hey, hey, uh, are we going to do a burnout in this? Can we do a burnout? Kevin's like, now, nah, Willie, I'm not sure. But if we are, I'm driving. Uh, no, but <laughs> do, do you ever get to have fun with them? No,
2: it's not my car. Um, you know, I'll do that in my car. You know, we, we, it's like we do the Hot Rod Power Tour every year. I think that's probably where I, I burn a lot of that steam off in, in my own car. But, uh, you know, if you want to do a burnout, do it in
0: your car. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, do the owners go, hey, man, you want to take it for a lap, Joe? And <laughs> you've never <laughs> been like, yeah.
2: Um, I've had a couple people loan me their cars, uh, but I always get leery. Uh, it's just just not in me. It's not my car.
1: No, there's, something, there's something, especially with, you know, some of these higher-end, high-dollar cars, you're thinking – well, wow, that's going to be fun. But if something, anything goes wrong. Yeah. Woo-wee.
2: Yeah. I mean, Ken Blagerfelder Ken used to loan me some cars. It's it just the same thing. I just uh, You can't have any fun in it. It's it's not your fault. And, because and his, his place is uh, right down the street from my shop. So we're, we're almost like next-door next neighbors.
0: Yeah, man. Well, it's impressive what you've done, not just with your company, but, you know, your whole... You got kind of a just a philosophical kind of look at as to how you are, you know, you're putting pilot transport on top of this industry as part of this. You know, when you think upper end, higher end, upper echelon transport companies, everybody, everybody uses your name. That says something about, you know, just the integrity you have in your job that you do. And you obviously put that in your staff as well
2: yeah thanks man i appreciate
0: that
1: well think about think about any big event any big event that you've ever been to if it's not a you know bring what you got local show pilot's probably there pilot's probably the one bringing all those vehicles to and fro rather you know whether it's a uh, russo and steel whether it's you know Bear jackson whether it's sema whether you know any of these big time events right they are the ones making right. it happen, right? We're not going to have those great cars because there's no way this dude is going to, you know, finish up a SEMA build at three in the morning, you know, which it's not really done, you know, it's not been sorted. It hasn't driven. It right, maybe right. has brakes on it, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, there's no way it's going to yeah. get to SEMA with those thousands and thousands of cars and hundreds of thousands of people. You know, it's, it's guys like Pilot that are, you know, getting there bright early in the morning and they're You know, they're running 24 hours a day, getting across country and and delivering the goods for us, you know?
0: Yeah, man. I never forget the first time I met Joe at SEMA. He was talking about that Mustang they brought out there. It was a barn find, and they wanted it dirty, dusty. They didn't want the dust to be, you know, um, removed or any fingerprints or handprints. They want it to look exactly like it did. In that barn with pine needles on it, no fingerprints. So there it was at SEMA, and I remember Joe telling about that, just making sure that his boys didn't use clean gloves, making sure they didn't interrupt the dust or the flow of the dirt or anything else. You know, that's how unique this industry really is. You know, it's like no, 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 I need all the dust and dirt on it. I need, (laughs) I need it not to show a single fingerprint in the dust that's layered on there. You know, and that's what these guys do.
1: Talk about having to change your process a little bit.
0: That
2: was tougher than keeping it clean.
0: Yeah, I remember yeah. saying that. It was like such a pain in the butt. You're like, man, should we clean up a spot? No, 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 no. Don't touch it. We need it dirty, dusty, the layers. You just can't interrupt the, you know, the patina of the dust that's settling on there. And it was like, how do I get in it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, How do I drive it in there? You know, Yeah. what am I supposed to do? <laughs> It was crazy, man. But that's the kind of, you know, just work and craftsmanship these guys put forth in every sort of ride that they load up, they find, they're responsible for. The moment you turn, you know, your car keys over, that baby's theirs, you know, and and they treat it like it is, which is, you know, not true with all companies like that. And you know how it is. You lend your stuff out to people, whether it's, hey, my friend wants to borrow my pickup truck and they bring it back empty and, you know, an extra dent in it, you know, that wasn't there before, or your trailer or whatever. You know, you're not going to find that with, with these guys. You're guaranteed to have you know the exact same car you dropped off. You know when you see it at the show and how you want it, and the rest is up to you, man. They they really truly do a knockout job.
2: If we're doing our job right, you don't even know we've been there.
1: Yeah, that's right. Shit, man. Really you guys sneaking show. in and sneaking out, right? On. <laughs>
0: the, the car transportation ninjas.
1: <laughs> so so, how do people find you guys socially? How do they get a hold of you if, if they want quotes? If they're thinking about moving some vehicles around, what, what what's the format here? How do they get connected?
2: Yeah. We're on all the social media formats. You know, Facebook is probably the easier one. Just it works for what we do. Or pick up the phone and call us. Um, we're easy to find. Social media, Facebook is the easiest though. If we're doing it that way.
1: You pretty much everywhere across the 50 states, 48. What what's the?
2: 49 states and Canada. If they built a bridge to Honolulu, we'd go there too.
1: 49 in Canada. All right, man. So that covers a lot of ground. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's very few of us out there doing much beyond that. So very, very cool, man. Well, Joe, we we appreciate all the skinny, all your lessons learned, all the history and observations and experience you guys have out there. Uh, One for moving all our vehicles because, man, like we said, when you put enough time, who cares how much the thing costs? When you put enough time and energy, when it's your dream, when it's your build, when it's something you've been hanging on to, a family heirloom, you name it, right? As soon as you pull that thing out of the garage, you can start to get anxiety, right? You know, this is important to me. And and, uh, when you guys show up, you know, at least from A to B, you know, B, it's going to be nice and safe when I get there. And and that's a really reassuring thing. So we appreciate it.
0: Well, he's moving weapons of mass creation, Mm -hmm. right? And so... You want that thing to show up exactly like it was when he picked it up, and that's what you get with these guys. So, man, we thank you. We appreciate your time. Stay in touch, and we'll see you out of SEMA next year, all right? Yeah, man, thanks. All right, we'll do it, man. Hey, and don't forget about our show, Aaron Weekends, on Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episode also now available on streaming uh, Motor Trend On Demand, which is just an awesome way to find us, get us. Hell, for that matter, you can binge us if you would like. Thanks to our guest, Joe Parks, my man, Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, our producer of Scoop, and our executive producer is Bob Ecker.
1: Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website. Lots of great automotive content down there, Twoguysgarage.com. And share your thoughts with us we're on social too we're everywhere facebook instagram and twitter at two guys garage the two guys garage podcast is a copyright 2020 britain productions incorporated all rights reserved
0: there you go man 18 wheeling bro i wonder how many kids give them the honk the horn sign you know because i still do that you know? Me too. My kid is three and a half, and uh, man, he's closer and closer to being able to reach
1: that arm out the window, or at least get it high enough for that guy to see. So we gotta teach him that one.
0: I'm 30 with 20 years experience, so I'm like, yeah! Bring it on, man! All right, We'll see you guys on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Take care! Huh, huh. Two Guys
1: Garage podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britton Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts,